uh, with my special between. Sorry, let me try again. Yeah, just how great I am yeah, versus yeah. about a memorial for your dead friends. With my special, I really couldn't decide if I should make it about how amazing and hilarious you are or about my dead friends. Well, I think you made the wrong choice. Hello and welcome back to the Jew Rogan Experience, the movie spectacular. Uh, every year I do, I mean, I've done... One year of shows, so <laughs> in my this every is, year I do my rankings of the best films of the previous year. Is this, this the first? No, it's the second. The second, the second. got it. Uh, there was, I've probably been doing the show for a little over a year, but still only 12 episodes. I'm lazy. I do things, I do things at my own rate, and it's why I won't succeed. I get um, it. I had a podcast... <laughs> For a while, but I, I made like four episodes over the course of two years. Well, technically, so I didn't want to pay for another Podbean subscription yeah. on top of the one I had. So I let this show just be a continuation of the podcast I started during the quarantine. Oh, that makes sense. Which which the one I started during the quarantine, the first 30 days of the quarantine, I did an episode every day. Yeah, which um, makes sense. Was yeah, it yeah. different from this one? I mean, it was over Zoom. Mm. Uh, but it was the same podcast. It I was mean, the Drew Rogaine podcast. Yeah, well, no, I, no, no, it was called Quarantine at the oh, time. Oh, got it, and, got it. And that show was, was really me checking in with each friend of mine on how they're doing, what they're doing, what was going on in the news at the time. Just, you know, yeah. shooting, shooting the shit. I had a lot of fun with that. Um, and then uh, and then the cops started killing black people. And, it was really <laughs> and then you're like, I don't know if this is the right time to... That was that have was have on a bunch of white comics and be like, but how do you, how are you feeling today? Exactly, exactly. That was the moment. Uh, that was the moment that ruined the pandemic. I like to say <laughs> the otherwise amazing pandemic. Well, you know, other than the people whose families were dying, like the beginning of the pandemic was kind of fun. The beginning, it was scary, but it felt like a staycation a little. Yeah, it was like we didn't grasp how long it was going to be, so it kind of felt like. Oh, we get like a month or two off. Of just well, to- what I kept saying is, well, you know, what I what I was saying is, it was always like, um, how many times have all of us said to ourselves, like, man, if only I had like four months of no one bothering me and nothing to do, yeah, everything, the I things could, yeah. I could get done, and we got none and then, of them and done. And then, like two weeks in, we're like, when will this end? Yeah, zero screenplays, <laughs> no one in better shape, nothing. Uh, well, I actually lost. 40 pounds during the pandemic. Really? Yeah, and I've gained 55 cents. Wow. How Was it through exercise? Or yeah, just like, exercise. Yeah. Uh, I started exercise or stress. <laughs> I started a diet that I actually invented, which I'm trying to like promote now, where I would only eat my roommate's food, <laughs> but just to the point where he wasn't confident enough to accuse me of doing oh, it. Oh, yeah, like just enough where yeah, you could yeah, deny just, it. Yeah, just enough where he's like, I don't want to start beef yeah. over this, but I think he ate some Triscuits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no no evidence. You Plausible pick, deniability. You couldn't pick foods that they were like, if you have three bananas, I couldn't eat a banana. I like to think your roommate's in the room next to us like, what the f- He was eating my food. Exactly, exactly. No, um, I did uh, I did P90X every day. and um, Wow. Yeah, and I did um, like keto here's the thing this is this is this is what happened my my then the girl who broke up with me right at the start of the pandemic Mm. would like 
comment on my weight a lot. So I was very much like, I'll fucking show her. Yeah. By getting, I told her when we were dating, I was like, you want me to have a six pack? Uh, break up with me. Next time you see me, I'll have a six Revenge pack. body. And uh, six pack's a lot harder to get than I thought. I didn't, I never got that six pack. Uh, I was in good shape when I ran into her, but that was way. So you did have a productive <laughs> quarantine. Uh, yeah. I, you know, well, what I always say is like, I decided to get off social media mm. after like the cops were killing black people it got too yeah. much for me i kept seeing people saying things like if you're posting a picture of lasagna right now you're looking and it was real all, it real was all, out of touch it was all white people posting that too like if you post anything yeah, yeah. Uh, but but my point was i was like listen we're in the middle of an existential crisis the likes of which nobody has ever experienced before yeah People are killing themselves left and right, let alone what's going on here with the with the protests. It's like if posting a, a crappy enchilada you made on Instagram is getting you through the day, you post your enchilada, you fight for civil rights, you do whatever's yeah. getting you through to tomorrow. Yeah, it was because, just a crazy so, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, you know, yeah. That's that's essentially the <laughs> it was yeah. a, it was a wild time. But so I quit social media after that for my mental health. And then, you know, once I got vaccinated and I was back out in the world, I was like, well, I guess, you know, I'm a comedian. I got to be back on social yeah. media and stuff. And I found out like half my friends had gotten famous. Yeah. And my mental <laughs> health. Like, has, how did I miss my this? mental health has never been worse? Yeah. <laughs> Way worse than the pandemic. Just I yeah, say, when your you know, friends become famous, your mental health plummets. Whenever they release those lists of like, you know, the, the comics, the to comics watch. to watch yeah. list, I always like have a I always say that, like, I've got a big issue with the people they chose, but at least none of my friends were on it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting how, like, the longer you're in L.A., at least from my experience, each year you start to see more and more friends on that list, or at least friendly acquaintances. Yeah, when yeah. I first, what I've yeah. learned is it's all... I would cut out the friendly part. I would just say it's just acquaintances. Yeah, it's, it's people always, I know. It's always the people I was like, ah, I should have been friends with that person. <laughs> <laughs> Missed the boat. Missed the boat on that yeah. one. Um, and then the ones who like seem like they're going to go moving up the list end up you know, making an entire special destroying all the most successful comedians. Yeah. And, and, then, and now I got nobody. Yeah, seriously, yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, speaking of specials, mm -hmm. you... I guess so. So as we're recording this, your special will be released tomorrow. Yes. Uh, you sent me an early uh, non-color corrected version. Yeah, of like the, the special, Google Drive. The Google yeah. Drive version. So I got to I got a sneak peek of your special. What I really liked about your special is that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of comedians do this thing with their specials where they try to be funny. <laughs> and you're like, what? No, if, I'm skipping what if, that. What if my special's just relentlessly sad? Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, what if? What if you made a comedy special with no jokes? I've seen what lots of stand-up like? comedy. Stand-up tragedy. I've never seen any stand-up tragedy yes, before. and that's essentially what it is. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I loved your special. Uh, what I really liked about it is is essentially is essentially this. that You do see these specials that are like kind of this mixture sometimes recently. Like, like three mics were like, one mic's hilarious jokes. Another mic's just kind of mediocre one-man show. Mm. monologue that uh, yeah. was not that good. Uh, and it's like, well, can't you just, can't you do what great comics do, which is take 
the tragedy in your life and turn it into comedy. For example, the guy I made my doc on, Al. Yeah, I think Al who is was one, a genius at that. It, it's I don't know if I've ever seen anyone better yeah. at turning their life tragedy into hilarious comedy. Because the, here's what he does, and here's what I attempted to do: is he'll talk about the tragedy in his life, but it's this. It's still his persona. It's still his style. He never, of comedy. he never loses the funny. He never. What I didn't want to do in this special is have the moment where I get real, mm-hmm. and every moment where I do get real the other shoe drops and it's just another joke. So they were, I mean, so, so interestingly, um, my special that mm-hmm. I'm going to be releasing, uh, your special was called all my friends are dead. Yeah. My special is called all my enemies are dead. <laughs> really? But I'm waiting, I'm <laughs> waiting until any of them die to release. This oh yeah. Special. Might um, be a while. Might be a while. Yeah. All my enemy. If you're my enemy, you are doing well. That's what yeah. I've learned. Anyone I have beef with like yeah. immediately. If your it. career isn't going well, start beef with start Josh. Beef. You're going to take off. It's funny. I, I, I read this book, the 48 steps to power. Cause of course I, I did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> way too many steps, by the way. Way too many. I got to about step five, and then I was oh, like, I don't want to read. But uh, I got. I read this 48 Steps of Power, and what, what, the one thing that really stuck with me from the book, maybe not the right thing to have stuck with me from the book, is they go like, do you want to be powerful? Go out. Make an enemy today. You're well on your way to power. Uh, also, it was a very evil sounding voice. Like it was an yeah. audio book. I don't read. Uh-huh. It was an audio book that I. It <laughs> I sounded like to a supervillain. He did. Such he a... sounded like Kevin Spacey from House of Cards. Oh, which adds a whole new dimension. Ah, <laughs> uh, what well, I do foretell if you wish to be <laughs> powerful. <laughs> but uh, that's such a that feels like a waste of energy. Go yeah, out and make it, an enemy. It, it makes sense. I did think about it. Yeah, and I think that their point is it's like it's like there are plenty of people who like. There are probably people that hate you that you don't even register. People yeah. whose names you don't even know. Mm. You have power over them yeah. for the fact that you take up mental capital in their life. Oh, totally. And they don't even register to you. Um, so I think like that's the point. Like if 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 someone's willing to make you their enemy, that's like it's a, it's a sense of power. Like, look yeah. at the most powerful people in the world. They have the most enemies. Yeah, Trump, Putin, Xi Jinping. Yeah. Like, like you get you get to the point where you got tons of enemies. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Well, the other thing is, and maybe this isn't what the book meant, but I I do think also spite is a great motivator. Well, that's what I'm the, saying. The idea of wanting to be successful just to piss someone go, off. Go back to me getting in shape during the pandemic. It's, it's like my that. Ex, it's like the career version of that. My comment on my weight when we were mm-hmm. dating, and it bothered me, and I was like, I'll fucking show you. Yeah. Now, like like the last girl I dated, um, maybe, I don't know what's going on, but uh, <laughs> she... Um, she loves me like she loves how I look yeah and it's terrible for my health and I can't get revenge by getting in shape so I'm not gonna do anything about it I I truly think just a little bit but a tiny bit of bullying in your past is healthy it's like salt too much is bad for you but just the right amount because it puts a fire in your belly where you just want to piss people off I'll show them exactly um yeah, no, I, I much prefer the person who likes me as I am. Oh, yeah, uh, of course. But yeah. you're not helping. That's yeah. my point. All right, so so this week's episode uh, is 
best movies of 2022. Yes. Uh, before we begin, I, I want to say I, I listed all of the movies I watched this year. Mm. Um, whether I even finished them or partially watched them. And what I landed at was 44 movies. I mm -hmm. saw 44 new movies this is year. Is this in theaters or overall? This is overall. Got it. But these were movies that came out in 2022. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I decided to do so. When it gets to uh, like when it gets to the winter, the summer and winter seasons, I'm always thinking to myself, like, ugh, I go to so many. Seeing 44 unique movies is, I would say, puts me in the top five percentile oh, totally. of people seeing new movies, if not higher than the well, top five percentile. I, I go to the movies all the time, and I'll talk to friends, and uh, it'll kind of dawn on me, I'll forget that most people go to the movies like twice a year. So you, you, so the reason I had you on is because we've actually, because you're one of the people I know who's seen at least a comparable amount. Of oh movies yeah, we chat about to movies me. All the like time. I'm, I'm always posting about it, thinking nobody had seen such and such film, and Drew yeah. messaged me. So I thought you'd be a good person to talk about. Do you have the Stubbs A list? I do not. I you should not. get it because I go. Well, to here's the, the thing. All I decided this is this is like 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 part number one that's interesting about this episode i decided to do the math to decide if the stubs a list was worth it for me so was it here's the thing the total amount i paid in theaters for movies that would have qualified for the stubs a list was a hundred and eighty three dollars and 48 cents mm. um now if i was to get the stubs a list just for eight months. So I, I guess I didn't even do the math for what Stubbs A-list costs for the whole year because you don't have to get it for a year. You have to get it for a minimum of three months. Mm -hmm. But let's say, let's say the total I paid, let's say all the movies I saw fit into that area after the movie Dead Zone. The movie Dead Zone is considered between January and Memorial Day yeah. where studios just release all their crap or things that they don't believe in. And Memorial Day is when summer movie season begins, which is technically like the beginning of uh, of of movie era, yeah. But I definitely saw movies before then, so I'm I'm gonna give it an eight month. So if I did stubs for eight months in Los Angeles, it would have been a hundred and ninety nine dollars and sixty cents. Mm -hmm. So I would have spent more at stubs, really, than I paid in theaters for eight months. Now, let's say I saw all those movies in the eight month period. That would have been a hundred in, in the seven month period between Memorial Day and New Year's. Mm -hmm. That would have been a hundred and seventy four dollars and sixty five cents. So, so I paid still more, right? I paid slightly more for everything I saw all year, but I don't think I saw. I don't think I saw everything within that period. Um, and here's the amount. So Stubbs also only works for AMC. Mm. So then I looked at like, you know, so then that adds like an element because I live near the Chinese theater. Yeah. So I go to the Chinese theater a lot. Uh, also, the arc light, the, the dome is opening back up. And then um, there's the theaters in Los Feliz, the Los Feliz 3. Those are like three of the theaters I use the most frequently. And those do not qualify well, for the Stubbs A-list. Well, that's one of the reasons uh, why there are like three theaters 
close to me that I go to. And that's why I wouldn't want to get a membership to a specific theater because I there's not one I go to the most. Exactly. So I feel and like it wouldn't be worth one it. One of my favorite theaters to go to in Los Angeles is the Alamo Draft House in downtown. Yeah. Again, Stubbs doesn't qualify for that. All of the AMC theaters, there's one AMC theater, the AMC the AMC five near the um near the Laugh Factory, mm. which is a three mile walk, but I can walk to, and I'm currently without car as it was stolen. Um, oh, we can get into that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the amount of money I spent at AMC all year was seventy six dollars and ninety five cents. Mm. So literally half, less than half, a hundred dollars less than what the seven month subscription. Wow. Now. For three months, which is your minimum requirement to subscribe to Stubbs A-List, it's $61. And si- is this not the Jewiest segment yeah. <laughs> of, of, all, of all time? <laughs> I swear, you know, sometimes this is the Jew Rogan experience. This yeah. is the Jew part. And I hate that joke. And I would not allow any of you non-Jews to tell it. But... Uh, <laughs> But okay, so Stubbs for three months cost seventy four dollars and eighty five cents. In the three in the three month period, I would have used Stubbs. The amount I spent on movies was sixty one dollars and sixteen cents. This was so a again, lot of work, by the way. I just wanted to do the math. I wanted to figure out it was worth it because I always say to myself, like, why didn't you get Stubbs? You saw so many movies this yeah. year. At the end of the day, I think you know the freedom to go to any theater. To see what I want, you know, like I couldn't see I couldn't see the Avatar and IMAX 3D mm. for free on the Stubbs A list. You couldn't, couldn't, yeah, couldn't because it's a specialty thing. Uh. So, do I want to feel the pressure to go see 2D Avatar mm-hmm. when I really want to see Avatar and IMAX 3D again? At the end of the day, I ultimately determined that the Stubbs A list is. Not worth it. Yeah. However, if I did have Stubbs A-list, a lot of these movies I waited till streaming, a lot of these movies I watched on TV, a lot of movies I chose not to see in general, I probably would have gone to see. Because when I had the movie pass, I'd go to fucking movies every All the time. Yeah. Every, every, like, I'd see anything. Mm-hmm. And even something you're not that interested in. Totally. I, like, went, I went and saw Blockers. Yeah. I would have never seen. There is no chance I would have ever seen Blockers in my entire life <laughs> if I didn't have Movie Pass. Did you have Movie Pass? No, I you didn't, you didn't you didn't get into the Movie Pass game. Movie Pass was no. where it was at cuz Movie Pass was everything. Yeah, Pretty but much. I I figured you couldn't to me a big thing is I liked buying tickets in advance so I don't have to rush to the theater. Oh, well, you know and what I, I would do is I would yeah. I would go to the theater buy tickets early in the day and then because mm-hmm. i'd walk i'd live yeah. nearby so i'd grab tickets in the morning or oh, i'd go to the theater it. and like buy it for tomorrow oh god um, yeah, so I, I but when movie pass when i was one of the last hangers on for movie pass yeah well did, i clung did movie pass make any money because i can't imagine that no, being no a viable it, just, business. it just collapsed it yeah, just it, collapsed eventually yeah that they, can't lie they, they must wa- lose money with that they wagered that people were going to see movies at the rate they see movies when they have to pay for tickets yeah in and everyone case, was like, no, I'm fucking seeing in everything. In which case, it's profitable. Yeah. But then everyone were like, I'm going to fucking blockers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I held on. I was like really so hopeful Movie Pass was coming back. Yeah. Uh, I was so like, <laughs> I, I always say I felt like uh, Mrs. Havisham in Great Expectations. <laughs> Just sitting there in my wedding dress. <laughs> 
telling people, like, don't get that Stubbs A-list. It'll disappoint you like all the rest of them. (laughs) (laughs) I guarantee I'm going to spill coffee on myself at some point during the episode. It's fine. Okay, so uh, real quick, I just want to go through some things that do not fall into the best movies of 2022. Starting out with... uh, the most overrated of the year, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean I didn't like the movie. It just means I thought it was very overrated. Yeah. Two borderline did not like. So at the top, at the bottom of my most overrated would be Massive Talent with Nicolas Cage. Really? Yeah. I loved that movie. We'll We'll get into it more later. Yeah. uh, Well, no, you see, I thought it was fine. Yeah. I enjoyed it, but I had higher hopes. Mm -hmm. It ended up kind of like, I I thought it was going to go to more interesting directions, and it kind of went where, if you saw the trailer, you thought the movie was going. I can see that. You know, and and people people were really hyping it up as this great thing. I thought we were going to get like a Nicolas Cage, like almost, you know, being John Malkovich Oscar worthy yeah. type performance. It definitely wasn't. And it that, was just kind of over the top. It was just, mm. a, to me, it was like a gen- general kind of good comedy. Yeah. Um, so that's number 40, uh, oh, sorry, uh, second most overrated. And I put this one on here because I don't think it was that overrated. I just didn't think it was that great. The mm. Gray Man. I haven't seen that. Okay, Netflix. I, I watched mostly on, good things. I watched a Netflix action movie. Fine, got me through, got me through the hour, but it's it, like it, a good background. But I'd movie. like to point out that, you know, we're in this time where like it's very hard to get people to go to theaters. Yeah. And uh what people think, what people both what both what both theaters or production companies and people think is that going to theaters to see the big budget action movie is more worth it than going to theaters to see like a low budget art house film yeah and in my opinion in my opinion there are so many low budget movies where the theatrical experience is so overwhelmingly great that it's so worth going to see them in theaters totally and there are so many action movies that it's like i don't care i'd rather watch this on netflix i'd I'd rather have it in the background while i hang out i'd rather like not have to pay attention exactly which is what the gray man was good for but i know people that went to go theaters see it in theaters because they're like well you know it's an action movie Yeah, I it strikes me as a decent background movie. Okay, so no, the the third so the fourth most overrated movie of the year, Violent Night. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah, you didn't like it. I did not like it. I went in expecting Did you to see like it in it. theaters? I saw it in theaters. Okay. I went in expecting to like it. I think it's a great hilarious premise, but tell me if you agree with this. I just thought it was kind of the same thing over and over. It was Santa kills a bunch of people, makes a Christmas pun, you know, rinse repeat. Like yeah, I just thought and, it was so it, repetitive. And it like like you know, it's supposed to be die hard with Santa, but it yeah. doesn't capture any of the magic it doesn't of Die Hard capture at all. Any of that. And I really just felt like And Santa wasn't I, developed. He wasn't developed, which I'm fine with, but it was one of those movies that wasn't as clever as it thought it was. It wasn't you know as clever I mean? as it was promising. It us was to be, a movie which, that seemed really proud of itself. I liked I liked Massive Talent more. Yeah. 
but I felt like it kind of suffered from a similar thing. I watched Violent Night here on Christmas, yeah, and I was very excited about renting it on TV to watch on Christmas night because I was like, oh, Christmas movie I haven't seen. And about halfway through, I just started texting everyone on my phone, yeah. Merry Christmas. And I love dumb humor, but it just... Like just Christmas pun after Christmas pun, and it, it just felt lazy. It felt like the it felt like the movie was riding on its interesting premise. Okay, now here's where I'm gonna get controversial. Yes. I wouldn't say I didn't like this movie, mm. but I would probably rank it as the fifth best Batman movie, uh-huh. which is the Batman. Yeah. I loved the Batman. It's not in my top ten because I'm just I'm typically not a superhero person, but I'm, I'm I liked it not. a lot. I thought it was too long. That was my biggest knock against well, it. I'm not gonna I, get into yeah, yeah yeah. It was too long, and I'm not gonna get into all the things I didn't like about the Batman on here because you can listen to my episode of the Batman on Jay Light's blockbusting podcast where I tear it to shreds. <laughs> uh, but it's it's not. I didn't hate it. Yeah. But I didn't like it. Mm. Number two most overrated, and yeah, I probably like this movie less than the Batman. Again, another movie that I didn't hate but people are just going crazy for it and i just thought it was fine mm-hmm. pray i didn't see it you didn't see but pray. i did everyone has told me how amazing it is you know i think a big issue i have with modern films also is uh I feel like cinematography now just looks kind of flat. Mm. It's like you go back and you look at like the like people are saying it's better than Predator and it's like not even close. Yeah, not even in the same Predator universe. Predator is 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 a perfect action movie. Predator would definitely be on my top 10 list this year if mm. uh if it came if it out came this out. year. I mean just macho dudes fighting a monster in the woods and like then just like the grain you, you look at the film and predator and like you you feel in that jungle it's just overly bright movies are overly bright yeah cinematographers are not doing interesting things or, or rarely yeah. doing interesting things like they used and to. i'd argue because one of the things i didn't like about the batman even though i loved it way too dark way too dark yeah i mean just aesthetically yeah okay. este- but no not like dark, literally, the cinematography where it's like you can't see shit during certain scenes. Interesting. I actually kind of liked the cinematography. I think overall, and I love the cinematography overall. But sometimes I was like, I cannot see what's happening. Okay. And then my most overrated of the year, maybe controversial pick, but I know a lot of people that didn't like this mm-hmm. movie. I don't know if I fall quite into didn't like this movie. I'd say there were moments I liked, but overall, didn't care for it that much. Nope. Really? Yeah. I liked Nope. You liked yeah. Nope. I find, and again, you can listen to my podcast on Latif Taylor's blockbusting, where we go into <laughs> Shyamalan and uh, Jordan Peele, uh-huh. that I feel like Jordan Peele has been Shyamalaning. Yeah. That Get Out was like this groundbreaking, uh, unique um, horror film that mm-hmm. just changed the game, much like Sixth Sense. And then it's kind of been diminishing returns ever since. Us, I was not crazy about us. I didn't like us, but I think I think you know, Nope, like Signs was. I like Signs more than I like Nope, but I, I think do love Signs. Signs is Signs yeah. is excellent with like a yeah. weak ending. Um, mm. And Nope, I don't know. It's just like I like the part where the spoiler alert. I like the part where the spaceship 
ate the people. Yeah. Where, like, you see it's inside the spaceship's Yeah, where they're, like, inside its guts. That was excellent. Uh, but, but other than that, yeah, it falls into my most overrated I of, have, of the year. I think I have two overrated. Okay. One, two ones that come to mind. One of them I actually really liked, but I still thought was overhyped, was this is going to be really blasphemous, everything, everywhere, all at once. Okay, you know I, what? Mm-hmm. I guess it's funny because I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And I guess I could have added it to that list. The only thing that stopped me from adding it to that list was it being in my favorite movies of the year yeah. list as well. Mm-hmm. But I see it at the top of everyone's list, and it kind of fell just out of my well, top ten. To me, I think maybe it was a victim of its own hype because before I saw it, I had countless friends tell me, like, dude, it's one of the best movies of all time. I had two different friends say, dude, it's in my top five of all time. It's that good. And every tweet I saw about it. So it could have just been if I saw it with no expectations and didn't hear all that hype, maybe I would have felt differently. Here's what I'll say Mm -hmm. about it. It's like candy. Yeah. In that. When I immediately immediately after seeing it, I was like, I can't believe that movie actually lived up to its expectations. Mm. But it did not linger with me. Yeah, it I didn't, didn't stay with me. I much. didn't think about it much after. I think it's and I think that's like a thing of just kind of throwing it all, throwing everything all at once out on the surface mm. of the film. Yeah, and once again, I think we feel the same way. I definitely enjoyed it, but it was just, it was so massively and it just, overhyped to me. And, and it just, I couldn't wait for it to end at the I end. I was going to say, went on it had for 10 so, endings. And just like, you and gotta... Each, each part that I thought would be the ending would have been a great ending, and then it just keeps going and going. It keeps going. You know, I think, yeah. I think that's a big and problem with filmmakers not knowing when to end their movie. I'll probably be guilty of that if I get yeah. to keep making movies. <laughs> but one, uh, Mentally Owl was way too long. But um, <laughs> but no, but one movie that I feel like I'm the only one that hates it, but my one really overrated movie was Tar. I just, oh, I could not stand Tar. Interesting. And I went in expecting to love it. I went in like, this is, and to me, you've seen it, right? I yeah, well, it. it's on my list. Oh, okay. Well, so my we knock, can, okay, then okay, we'll no, talk on, about no, it. Go on to your knock. My knock was, the first hour is so slow, but in a way that's intriguing, where I just felt like, this is going to be good. Shit's going to get real. Shit's going to go down. This is going to get so interesting. But then it just kind of stayed like that, the whole movie, where I was waiting for more to happen, and then the credits roll. Do you know what I mean? Okay, well, here's a question for you. Do you feel, do you like uh, um, the Adam Sandler movie from a couple years ago, Uncut Gems? I love Uncut Gems. See, to me, Tar had kind of like an Uncut Gems level vibe where it's Mm. like, Uncut Gems starts, and Uncut Gems, I'd probably put above Tar, Yeah, but Uncut Gems has this quality where it's like, it never gives you a moment to breathe. Yeah, not the at movie, all. The movie starts and, you are, love it. and yeah. you are uncomfortable in the your seat time. from you're the ne- beginning yeah, to you're end. You're never comfortable And to that me, movie. that's kind of how I felt with Tar. It was like this this kind of just slow and with with a payoff at the end. I love the ending of Tar. Really? Oh, yeah. I, I hated that it. That final but... shot, I think, is the the final shot of the year really? for movies. Yeah, I I do and understand. And she is just so good. She's a ama- she needs an Oscar for it. She's incredible in it. But I I was uncomfortable the whole time. But like I I just felt like it was not eventful enough. I thought more was going to happen. Like when her downfall or whatever began, I was like, 
oh, this is. But I think that's part of what's interesting because it's a film about, again, I guess, spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. It's a film that is in one respect about cancel culture. Oh, completely. And I thought it did a really good job of walking that line of like, not just fully villainizing a person as, as a monster, but also just kind of like, showing the delicateness well, of it all I, like I, like as a person in power and like you look at Lydia Tarts like here's this person who's so incredibly accomplished and did so many things to get where she where she is mm-hmm. and it's like well you can just take her down because she makes a yeah. couple of mistakes and I can agree with I appre- I did like the nuance where they didn't tell you they didn't go she's a monster or she's a good person like it it I wouldn't say it left it up to you but it was very three dimensional that aspect but i don't i just did not find it eventful enough i don't know i see why other people like it but it was just not my cup of tea Mm. okay here are the and here's my not overrated just not good Mm. uh jurassic park dominion (laughs) yeah did you see it i didn't so when you say just not good do you mean like garbage or just mediocre where it's like, this is fine, but whatever. I liked the beginning. The very mm-hmm. beginning I liked. There's one sequence in the movie that I also thought was a lot of fun. And then the rest of it was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, but I got through it. Mm. Like, like, you know, there's definitely, I give, I give the movie credit if I make it to the end. There are movies that like lots of, like, I honestly, there are almost no Marvel movies I can make it to the end of anymore. I, I think, yeah. I literally I, like I I get I am, bored out of my skull. Dude, I am all marveled out. I think Marvel movies should have ended after Endgame. I know that wouldn't have made sense financially, but like <laughs> they just feel like Is they're it, made on an assembly line. Like Endgame, uh, Endgame. Is the one after Infinity War? Yeah, Endgame is the one like where they see. Stop I just em. think Infinity War. They should have just killed all of yeah, them, and then just and then it's it. done. Yeah, yeah. What a what a. That's what a... my favorite Marvel movie because <laughs> it's one of the Marvel movies that actually does something. I interesting. will actually say that I liked Infinity War yeah. and then couldn't get through Endgame. Yeah, I because th- um, Infinity War it wasn't just like formulaic. Now here's what, a movie. Yeah. Here's a movie. This was this is the movie that I said was on while I was in the room and I enjoyed it even though I couldn't tell you anything about it. Yeah. And that's uh, Death on the Nile. Uh I have not seen that. Okay. I yeah. don't I don't know if I've seen it. But <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing played while I was in the room mm. and I do remember seeing it. Uh okay, now here's the kept almost watching this movie but never pulled the trigger. Yeah. Uh, this is a kind of indie film that I kept being interested in but felt like I was never interested enough in mm. and that's the outfit with yeah, Mark that Rylance. I didn't see either. Um it's a little little gangster drama that all takes place in like one room. Yeah, well, um, you, you ever see a trailer for a movie and you're like that doesn't look bad but I just know it's not for me. Like well, this I don't is even not know, my cup of tea. I don't even know I don't know anything about the outfit. I don't even know if it's not for me. I just kept like being on an airplane and like looking at the outfit and like yeah. do I want to do the outfit uh-huh. and then just never pulling yeah. the trigger. I got good reviews. Um okay. Didn't these are the movies I didn't see but kind of want to, but like also look like they're a chore. Uh-huh. Uh, so these are movies that might have made my list, and I bet you if I did watch them, I'd find them far more interesting and entertaining than I expected, but it always just looked like too much of a chore. That's Crimes of the Future, uh-huh. Bardo, and Kimmy. 
Bardo, I watched the beginning watched. of. I watched the beginning of. I didn't finish it. Uh, it was really interesting, but it. You ever start a movie and you're like, I don't dislike it or like it, but I just don't have the. It's like three hours, and I was like, I don't have the energy to watch That's to what finish I call, this. Didn't see, but kind of wanted to, but didn't. But yeah. just looked like uh-huh. a chore. Uh, <laughs> and Bardo falls into that. And then here are the movies that I started but didn't finish. Not even because they were bad or anything, just for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I didn't finish. And that would be Amsterdam, uh-huh. Emancipation. Black Adam, which was awful. I've uh, heard. I just pictures. like. Yeah. I just had to like look at a little bit of it. Oh, it yeah. was on HBO. I turned it on. And it was like, yep, this is as bad as. I've heard it's a good like high watch. Maybe like it's just it's so much special yeah. effects. And then this next one actually would fall into. I didn't finish it because it was really long, and I would say that from what I saw of it, felt overhyped. Even though I see why people liked it. R R R. Oh yeah, Did I've heard see? all about it. I've been meaning to check it out. Uh, it's, I'm typically is it like an action movie? Yeah, it's like a Bollywood. Yeah. It's like everything. It's mm-hmm. an everything movie, which is I think yeah. why people like it. Mm-hmm. You know, RRR could have been called Everything Everywhere <laughs> All at Once because yeah. it's like a musical. It's an action movie. It's a drama. It it's sounds a comedy. intriguing. I feel like I'd like it. <laughs> There's animals. Uh, I've just my roommate told me the climax is he kills a guy with a zoo and i'm like i need to see this immediately yeah it's just like over the top stuff but like i think uh steven chow is that his name does it better mm. the guy that did like shaolin soccer and uh um i know who you're talking about kung I've fu been, hustle kung fu hustle is the shit yeah, i love that fu, movie rrr to me i was like went into thinking it would be like bollywood kung fu hustle and i guess maybe it is it just it wasn't doing it is it for me is quite RRR like RRR comedic like yeah kung fu there's comedic oh, i stuff. didn't know that for but some, like it's yeah. everything yeah it's everything you know what other movie is everything <laughs> you know what other movie could have been everything everywhere all at once Tyler Perry's very first film, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. <laughs> have you ever seen this movie? I have not seen it. Obviously, I've What I know. like to say this movie feels like mm-hmm. is that Tyler Perry was like, all right, I'm maybe getting one chance to make a movie in my life, so I'm just going to make all of them. Yeah. But- this, is, this is how that movie goes down. It starts out as like this romantic drama where like like this husband leaves his wife in dramatic fashion for like another woman putting her out on the streets like mm. with nothing. And then she has like nothing so she so, and like it's like all tragic for like 20 minutes. So then she goes to stay with her aunt Medea Tyler Perry oh. dressed like a woman uh and then it becomes like this Mrs. Doubtfire-esque Tyler Perry. Well, not even Mrs. Doubtfire, because it just is a wo- Big Mama's house. It becomes Big Mama's yeah. house with Tyler Perry's Medea for a little while. Then she goes on this romantic excursion where it turns into how Stella got her groove back with this guy. <laughs> then the original husband is in court, like, sue- like, like, like trying, litigating these gangsters, and he gets shot in the chest, and it becomes this gangster film. And I'm like, this movie is essentially like... It just it's every, five movies crammed into genre, one movie. Every and then like it becomes her nursing him back to mm. every like ten minutes. The movie shifted genres. I don't and know. It, yeah, I don't know if you know this. You just described what sounds like the greatest movie of all time. 
In a way, it was yeah. so much more entertaining than I expected. In fact, my my college thesis film was an attempt to sort of do a film that constantly shifted genres, really? but on purpose. I don't know mm. if I think Tyler Perry was like shifting genres on purpose as much as he's like, what if I just put everything I like into one yeah. movie? <laughs> which I mean, which worked I, out. Under, for yeah, which worked out for him. You can't you can't argue the results. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. So, moving on. This is uh oh 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 sorry. And then uh, the last two movies I Bros. Mm. Uh, why, it was funny, but I definitely see why straight American men didn't want to go yeah, see it. Yeah, I loved Bros, which we'll get to later because it's on my list. <laughs> oh, it's but, on your um, list. Okay, yeah. yeah, but but would you understand why warm-blooded oh. Male Americans either repressed homosexuals or oh, or outwardly straight men. Well, because the the one issue, the significant issue I had with it is it had way too much. It had the most sex scenes I've ever seen in a movie. It had like more gay sex scenes than Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, and and, and I only got the through thing. half it, the movie. And even if it was a straight movie, I'd still be like, "This is way too many sex scenes." But it was this no, weird. Let's not, let's, mid- not, let's not get that far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it was just. I have a, a joke lot that I run. Of- I do with my friend, um, where if we're watching a movie together and there's any female nudity, mm. I always just lean over to him and go best movie of the year <laughs> but like it could be like what's funny is i feel like every group of dudes has that inside joke because me and my friends but make we'll be that like watching schindler's too. list and there will be like a scene where they're <laughs> oh like my going into the gas room we'll be like, best uh, mm, <laughs> not bad um so the worst the more horrible what's happening is the more hilarious oh yeah to just like joke excitedly becomes. point out boobs um and then <laughs> the last movie I started started this movie as a joke, and it was preposterous. But but it was actually kind of a fun bad movie watch, mm-hmm. and I didn't finish it. Morbius. Oh, I've been meaning to watch it. Just it, what's interesting is I thought it was so funny how it became so heavily memed. So they re-released it, thinking it would do well, and it just bombed again. <laughs> People don't want to pay. It's like it's people like, don't want to pay. It's like Cats. Cats was a great movie. Actually, Cats did better because people did. Cats want to was go an see it. unforgettable movie. It was like I was not bored during Cats. I was <laughs> horrified, but I was never bored. So ridiculous. Okay, moving into um, oh, <laughs> so okay, so technically I have a top thirty. Uh huh. But real fast, I'm gonna go through the movies. That didn't make my top 20, but uh, were just movies that I enjoyed, yeah. but like had problems with enough that they weren't in the top 20. Mm. Uh, the Glass Onion. I uh-huh. honestly did not like Knives Out, but maybe really? watching Glass Onion on mm. Netflix, on TV, half paying attention. You liked it more than Knives Out? Much more. Mm. Uh, X. Um, Windfall. Windfall, if you don't know what Windfall is, a uh, small thriller from the writer of Seven. Uh-huh. Um, kind of timely, cool little movie on Netflix for free. It has uh, Jesse Plemons and Jason Siegel. Huh. Um, cool little, like, thriller that all takes place at this house. Lots of commentary on society. Um, great ending. Uh, Blonde. I like Blonde. Really? I, th- I had a lot of... I was not a fan. Yeah, most people are not a fan. Yeah. Okay, liked is the wrong word, mm. but I appreciated Blonde. Uh-huh. I think Andrew Dominic is a very interesting filmmaker who's figured out how to make what I, 
how to work with icons. Mm-hmm. Like he made, you know, his first movie or well, his second movie was Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. And then he did um, Killing Them Softly, which is my favorite movie of his. Mm-hmm. And then he did Blonde. And I think I think what he understands is people like Jesse James, Marilyn Monroe in like the the zeitgeist now they exist more as icons than people. Well, yeah, and like Marilyn absolutely. Monroe is like a symbol for things. And I liked that he made a film about like, you know, look, we live in this world like right now where you got so many incels and stuff and, mm-hmm. and like these people that hate women and they're angry and they think beautiful women have everything. And I liked a movie that just says like, hey, you could be a beautiful superstar and it's yeah. still fucking tough to be a woman oh, yeah. in this world. And I, you're still going to be treated I like I will shit. say this about Blonde. I did not enjoy it, but it stuck with me, which I which is not nothing. Which I think is kind of the point of the movie. Yeah. Okay. Hustle. Thought mm. Hustle was a lot of fun. Yeah, I liked um, it. I liked Hustle. Not much to say. Jackass Forever. Shout mm. out Rachel Wolfson. Yeah. Uh, Jackass was always Jackass a good time. Forever. Jackass was super fun. Uh, okay, now here's a movie that didn't make my top 20, but it's maybe the movie I'm most happy exists mm. this year. A movie called Funny Pages. I've you've heard of it. Heard I of don't it. know what it's about, well, okay, but I've, so Funny I've heard Pages it mentioned. Is this super indie film shot on sixteen millimeter? It kind of falls apart at the end. I'd never heard of it. I went to see it at Alamo Draft House because it just looked interesting, and I wanted to just go pay to go see a movie that looked like it shouldn't exist in theaters. What is the general? It's premise? about this kid who wants to be a cartoonist that like mm-hmm. runs like not runs away from home, but like leaves his family and like goes to try and become a cartoonist on his own and and just meets all these really weird characters it's very gross it's pretty funny uh-huh. it's like very much like a crumb type uh, like an r crumb or like an american splendor type yeah. of movie but i'm just glad it I'm, i was just glad it existed um okay moving on scream not mm-hmm. the new scream was a lot of fun yeah i liked it i liked it a lot now here's one the northman I loved The North. You see, I thought it was fantastic. I love The Witch. Mm. I love The Lighthouse. I love the first half of The Northman. Mm. Once it gets to the farm, I like almost found it comedic. Oh, like yeah. it's just like here's this giant in like this farm. They're like, who has been doing this stuff everywhere? Yeah. And it's like a bunch of peasants and a giant yeah, in the most and jacked guy. It's, yeah, you've ever it's seen. just like who's they're like been, who's doing this? Who strangled eight men to death on my farm? <laughs> who could it? Which of you is it? Um, <laughs> and like and then like you know they set up the whole thing with Anna Taylor Joy, where she's like, I am dangerous in my own way, and then she doesn't do anything. Yeah. The movie. Um, <laughs> there were some cool twists. I like the ending fight scene in the volcano mm. like yeah that was a, sick i like, loved it the movie but like the witch and the lighthouse have such like a raw honesty mm. and there's that oneer in the in the northman where like when he's i wanted to see more i guess it's just about me wanting to see more of like a straight up viking movie yeah and not like this little revenge thriller that all takes place on a farm mm. and for the first half of it when there were like kings and kingdoms and that sequence that crazy one where they like raid and rape oh. and pillage the village that's probably the shot of the year oh um, yeah but uh but other than that it just like but then it just falls i was like so in love with the movie up through then and then i was just like kind of left feeling and it's like it's not even half the movie it's like a third yeah i I just i love the movie in general but i also love that 
they gave Robert Eggers, this guy that only makes the most bonkers, weird movies that are like very inaccessible to mainstream audiences and gave him this big budget. Yeah, well, this is the year where all the modern auteurs uh, convinced Hollywood to no longer give them big budgets for personal oh, projects. Oh, yeah. Also, like He's definitely not going <laughs> to get a big budget again, but it was and, cool to and, see him work with a big budget. People probably know. Yeah. And then falling just out of my top 20... Um, and it took me two sittings cause like I wasn't loving it. And then I loved it the second half mm. Pinocchio, which one, uh, the Caramel del Toro. One. Oh yeah. Uh, the most, I which, thought it was pretty good, which I give the reward as the most relentlessly sad movie of the year. It was, it was dark. Relentlessly yeah. sad. I would say the only thing I watched sadder this year was your comedy special. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> So, okay, before we get into top 20, I want to ask you another question about your comedy special. Yeah. Um, so, it was a brother and sister that both, they they were brother and sister? Yeah, they were twins. They were twins. Mm. Ooh. And then, um, how, sorry to ask, how did, did you say in the special how she died? No, she died of alcohol poisoning. Oh, God. Um, what are yeah. Uh, and they're poor parents. I know. I, uh... Yeah, they're family friends, so I still, you know, talk to the family a lot. Do they have any other kids? Yeah, they have um, another son and another daughter, and I'm good friends with their other daughter. Okay, stay safe. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Are you you sober? No. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say you have, like, a sober vibe. Oh, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) I'm very much not sober. Okay. (laughs) Well, maybe future sober. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Lactose intolerant. Just uh, one white rush, and maybe that's it for him. (laughs) On to the top 20. Uh All right. I kind of want... Now, here's the thing. I say that this was the best good year for movies Mm. in a long time. And what I mean by that is there were a lot of good movies but i can't the last movie that i think was a masterpiece that i saw was once upon a time in hollywood yeah that's maybe my favorite movie uh so that's the last masterpiece and that's Mm -hmm. years ago now yeah 2019 Uh, and the masterpiece before that is wolf of wall street yeah um and in in my opinion honestly those are the only two masterpieces to come out last decade. You, you know what it is with me? I think my bar, my personal bar for masterpiece is much lower than yours. Or any movie that I loved and thought was generally good, I'm like, masterpiece. I probably see 50 masterpieces I think there's, I think there's a, year, a lot of but, great, but I just mm-hmm. think like masterpiece, like you said, you know, yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like a masterpiece to me is like, could be my favorite movie ever. Yeah. Could be the best movie of all time. Because mm. um, uh, I lately I've been thinking about like what are the great like the great 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 films of the 2010s like the indisputable masterpieces and it's like I'd put Wolf of Wall Street, Once Upon a Time, Get Out, definitely The Social Network, a few others that are escaping See, me. It's right funny now. I, I love Get Out and The Social Network. Maybe The Social Network. I actually oh. like Gone Girl more. Gone Girl's oh, my Gone favorite. Oh, Gone Girl's fantastic. Gone Girl's oh. my favorite Aronofsky, uh, not our Fincher film. Or I'd, uh, I'd put Whiplash on that list also. Uh, oh, I know we'll, you're not crazy we'll, we'll about get, Whiplash. We'll get into that. Yeah. Um, before we get into the top 20, I just got to do my, uh, my advertisers. Mm. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Beta Brain. Beta Brain. Obedience, fealty, insecurity. 
for people who take medical advice from podcast hosts, beta brain. I, I take for it every people day. People with a death wish. What does it do? I, I, it's, like what it, is it? It's Tic Tacs. Um, <laughs> it freshens it your breath. It does nothing. Just like just like every it's a placebo. Beta. Just like every yeah, yeah placebo for you. Yeah, where you're like my brain. And, uh, and this is your free uh, oh, bottle perfect. of beta brain uh, so beta brain is currently not available on my website however mm-hmm. i will be touring the southwest from january 14th through february 13th and if you come to any of my shows you can purchase your own bottle of beta brain your, your there. merch is brain pills yeah, yeah well <laughs> the tic tacs yeah um, <laughs> also also you know valentine's day is coming up uh, that's our next big holiday. And on my website, you can purchase some of my very unique Josh Edelman Valentine's cards. Here we have, these are some of the most romantic cards. You have a girlfriend, right? Yeah. Okay, so you might be able to use one of these. Impress the one you love by letting her know you would fly Spirit Airlines for her. <laughs> I would fly Spirit Airlines for you. That's you can a have lot. That one. Um, I would wait in line at In-N-Out Burger for you. Would you wait wow. in line at an In-N-Out Burger for your I girlfriend? I would. I once waited in line at an In-N-Out Burger uh, to pick up for us to, me and a girl I was dating, mm. to have In-N-Out. She, she better fucking marry me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, and probably the most, the most meaningful of them all, I would pick you up at LAX during rush hour. Oh my God. My girlfriend has done that. So, so she must those, be the one. Are those not the most romantic yeah. Valentine's cards you've These ever are seen? Massive gestures. So you can get those at joshedelmancomedy.com. If you can't remember that, joshedelman.com also works. And finally, you know, we live in Los Angeles. I like to encourage everybody to vote. You know, everyone around the I think voting's very important. However, in Los Angeles, it's not as important, at least not on the national scale. So what I've done is I've designed these. I farted stickers. They're designed to look like the I voted stickers you get in Los Angeles. I've translated I farted into 15 different languages here at the bottom, just like they translate I voted on uh, on the I voted sticker, because essentially your vote does as much for the national uh, as the your na- farts, the national elections as your farts. So here's your I farted sticker. <laughs> Thank you and, so much. And uh, second to last but not least, uh, you can get your very own Jew Rogaine experience sticker. Uh, you like the show? You want to show people? You want to stick this on things around wherever? Put it on your skateboard, on your notebook? Um, you see me in how, person? How old is your you fan see, base? You your me, skateboard, you, your notebook? I don't know where people put stickers. Your textbooks? On, on, the, back of your, on the back of your laptop. Uh, get a Jew Rogaine experience sticker. If you see me in person, I'll give you either of these oh. stickers for free. And last uh, but not least, we have my Undiscovered Genius hat. Um, it's uh, for my show at the Hollywood Improv, Undiscovered Genius. I've got hats, I've got shirts, I've got mugs. Uh, you can get all of them at joshedelmancomedy.com. All right, so you gotta, gotta listen. You gotta do the sponsors. <laughs> what the sponsors want. You gotta <laughs> do your sponsors. It's weird because half of the plugs are just your own merch. Other than these, no, no, that's that's, oh, that's my own merch. They're all my own merch. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you don't <laughs> have any sponsors. I, I, yeah, Your no, sponsor no, is I, Josh Edelman. I, I, my mom pretty much is the only person that watches this show and <laughs> and purchases my merch. Uh, <laughs> Wait, so these? Are, oh, these are yours. Yeah. I thought this was like an actual like beta product. Yeah. No. 
<laughs> oh, so they literally are Tic Tacs. Yeah. Oh, that is that's hilarious. Yeah, I did yeah. not. Oh, <laughs> I thought I thought you were just like making fun of the product and being like they're useless. They're pretty much Tic Tacs, but oh, they're yeah, no, literally no, no, they're, they're quite literally. Tic-tacs. That is actually really fucking funny. Thank you, thank you. Okay, okay. Back to back to our regularly scheduled program. Uh, best movies of 2022, as I said. So, so to me, like how I qualify a masterpiece is a masterpiece has to top its genre, mm. potentially create a new genre, and uh, and be just kind of a perfect movie in and of itself. Yeah, and it's very rare that that occurs. Of course, like where all three of those things happen, and also like masterpieces are kind of they have a quality of timelessness where mm-hmm. it's where it's like you can watch it like like listen you know anytime it's on you'll listen, watch listen, it listen people are gonna think this is ridiculous genuinely i mean this i've watched citizen kane like 10 times yeah. i like watching citizen kane i think it's an awesome experience if you really watch it it's such a good biopic with such cool filmmaking it's like it's like it's a masterpiece for a reason. Oh, 100%. 2001 yeah. A Space Odyssey still looks better than most movies, yeah. uh, most big budget sci-fi movies today. So masterpieces are rare and they've become ever the rarer because I think, you know, partially it's like generally speaking, Wolf of Wall Street and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, both not cheap movies, yeah. but both brought to you by filmmakers who are able to command the type of budget to execute what would be a masterpiece today. Yeah. So it becomes rarer and rarer. I think the 90s was a boom for masterpieces. I think there's a bunch mm. that came out in the early 2000s. I consider Step Brothers a masterpiece. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd agree with that. But this year, in my opinion, no masterpieces, but a lot of good movies. Mm-hmm. And I would say that this top 20 is my top 20, and I'm going with 20 because it's almost interchangeable. Like, yeah. for the most part, short of my top five like you could move any of these movies anywhere and i'd be Mm -hmm. fine with it yeah but this is just how i decided to order them and i know i had you do 10 Mm -hmm. so i'll just jump through 20 through 11 real quick and then we can get into our top 10 countdown at 20 i watched it on an airplane marcel the shell with shoes on i've heard i've heard really good things yeah a little hipster but uh but really cute and, and just enjoyable and positive messaging. 19, Weird, the Al Yankovic story. I loved Weird. I loved Weird, too. Weird could be anywhere from 19 to 6 on this list. Yeah. I just stuck it at 19, but Weird Al does such a good job of not only making a biopic of himself, but parodying biopics in his movie about the world's aforementioned I, I think parody artist. Weird might have the funniest movie ending I've ever seen. Like, the <laughs> ending made me fucking cackle. You know, it's funny. I was so high, I don't even remember it. Oh, uh, the I'll watch is, it again. Yeah. You know what's great about getting high and watching a movie? Getting to watch it again for the first yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> like, I know I saw Lord of War with my friend, but you... I remember but, nothing but, about but we it. Were yeah. talk, we were talking about it, and, like, he brought up Jared Leto from it, and I was like, Jared Leto was in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was apparently the second lead character. All right, at number 18, White Noise. People seem mm-hmm. to be hating this movie. I thought it had my favorite cinematography of the year. I love the way it was shot. I thought Noah Baumbach did a really interesting job uh, adapting Dom DeLeo's novel, which I love. Um, listen, 
the ending doesn't quite pack the punch that the novel's ending does. Uh, it's considered one of those unfilmable books, but I think a lot of the unfilmable books, as time goes on, grow on people. Yeah. Much like, you know, great books do. Uh, okay, number 17. 17 and 13 are the movies. My rankings at 17 and 13 are the movies that I wish more people knew about and saw because I loved these movies and they kind of flew under the radar and I wish more movies like them were made. At 17, Vengeance. Did I've you heard see? good things. I've seen the trailer it's, with uh, the guy from The Office. Yeah, BJ yeah. Novak. It's super funny. It's a cool film noir. It's like it's like if you saw Under the Silver Lake, which is a movie I really love, probably like more than Vengeance. Mm. It's like Under the Silver Lake, but funnier and makes sense. Huh. Um, 16, Elvis. I, just I thought, loved Elvis. I thought Elvis was awesome. Yeah. I thought Baz Luhrmann, like... I just, I like Baz Luhrmann, like, and it was so Baz luhrmann He He outdid himself, I mean, some of the coolest filmmaking of the year. Oh, yeah. And Austin it's, Butler is great. And, and also, it's a movie that, like, feels like a music video the mm -hmm. whole time, but doesn't lose the, like, emotional resonance at yeah. any point. It's, it's a very unhinged movie. It makes so many weird decisions that I respect it. Elvis would be a person like Marilyn Monroe that I believe exists more as an icon than oh, a human. Completely. And we had two movies this year about icons mm -hmm. presented. Actually, what I thought was interesting about Elvis was, which is probably what the big criticism of Blonde is, is I thought they did a much better job of humanizing who the human Elvis was mm -hmm. because Elvis to, I think so many people existed only as an icon yeah. and Baz Luhrmann gave him a soul or Austin Butler. The two of them gave him a soul. I agree. Um, I don't know what Tom Hanks was doing in that movie though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, at 15, the Banshee of Inishern. Did you see Banshee of Inishern? I saw it. It's, I put it in the category where I didn't love it, but I liked it. I just think it's a great movie. Yep. God bless me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm fine. <laughs> it was in my hands. It was in my hands. Um, I just have allergies. And it's just a little under the weather. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Throat's been hurting, been vomiting a bunch. Other um, than that. <laughs> other than that, I'm fine. Banshee of Inishurn, um I just love the... I've just had experiences in my life where there just comes a moment where I'm like... I can't do with this person anymore. <laughs> well, I the thing I liked about it is um it did capture the feeling of a confusing friend fallout when you both sides of it when you don't fuck with a person anymore, but also the other side where you're like, why is this friend being weird now? You know what I mean? And I feel like I've been on both sides of it. I, I think everyone um, has. Yeah. Uh, especially comedians. Oh, especially comedians. Exclusively. Uh, comedians have all been on the, the Colin Farrell side of oh, that. For 100%. sure. For sure. Uh, okay. 14. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm. Fell just out of my top 10. Could have very easily been yeah. in my top 10. Good the only, movie. The only thing I have to say, the only reason I did, the, the big difference for me between top 10 and, and bottom 10 are, um, I don't think I'm ever watching it again. Mm -hmm. I really kind of don't. I, yeah. I don't, and, and it didn't stick with me, but I had a great experience watching it the first time. I'd recommend it. It's definitely really awesome filmmaking, really good movie. Um, the two movies, or the three movies I'm most likely to watch multiple times from this list are probably the Weird Al movie, White No, uh, sorry, Weird Al Vengeance, and then the next movie on my list, number 13, Confess Fletch. I liked it. It's awesome. I liked it a lot. It was delightful. So much fun. 
Go watch it. Uh, I, the the filmmaker whose name I am blanking on. He directed um, he directed Superbad. He did this other movie I really love called uh, The Day Trippers. Is it Greg something? Greg or? Greg uh, Matola. Yeah, Greg Matola. I like almost everything he does. He directed the pilot and first three episodes of Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg Matola, awesome filmmaker. Just like I would say that. Confess Fletch, the most enjoyable movie of the year. John Hamm crushes it as as yeah, Fletch. Yeah, I, I loved it. Number 12. Uh, okay, so 12 and 11 were just recently pushed out of my top 10 by movies I saw just recently that, mm. that topped it for me. But number 12, Pearl. Yeah, I loved Pearl. Loved Pearl. Uh, she was great. I think she should get an Oscar nomination. Uh, I thought X was cool. I thought Pearl elevated X so mm. much more. And that um, ending, the ending credits with her oh, staring into the camera, oh, smiling. Just, oh, such solid filmmaking from Ty West. Uh, mm. Check out Pearl. It rocks. Yeah. And number 11, Triangle of Sadness. I still need to see that. It's too. on HBO Max, I mm. believe. Or maybe it's not. Maybe I rented it. I don't know. It was really smart, funny, probably my third favorite of his three big movies. Yeah. Uh, Force Majeure. Force Majeure, I would argue, is a masterpiece, potentially. Oh, yeah, um, that I haven't seen. Force Majeure is amazing. His second movie, The Square, is also great. The Square and Triangle of Sadness both won the Palme d'Or. Huh. Okay. Into our top ten. We'll go with we'll go one by one now. Okay. So I at, wrote at down mine in my phone. Uh, I have, to me, there were so many movies I liked this year. It was hard to bring down to 10. Like, ones that didn't make the list, but I loved were Weird, uh, Nope, Bodies, 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 Ooh, North I Man. I see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It's a, it's a really good satire. Okay. I liked it. Um, bodies, Bodies, North Bodies, Man, added into my list. Pearl, um, pro- a bunch of others I'm blanking on. But uh, my number 10 is The Black Phone. Oh, another movie I didn't see. Yeah, Black it's Phone. so Pearl. Up. So the Black Phone above Pearl. Yes, I loved it. And by the way, I think because when we were talking yeah. about horror movies in October, you were like, "Gotta see Pearl." Yeah, and I had been wanting to see Pearl, and I did. Mm. And then you also mentioned the Black Phone, but I thought you were a bigger Pearl person. You know what it is? I think you know how opinions just switch back and forth. Tomorrow, maybe I'll like Pearl more. The other thing is, this is my top 10 favorite movies of the year, which I do think is a different list than the best. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, if I were to list objective best, it would probably be slightly different. The top 10, to me, is a weird kind of blend of best and favorite. But for me, yeah, 10 is Black Phone. Okay, for me, 10 is also a horror movie, Mm -hmm. Men. Yeah, I liked Men. I, Men. The third act was bonkers. The third act goes a bit mother. Yeah. I would say it goes mother, but I also love mother. I don't think, I know you don't like mother. I think mother was more effective mm-hmm. in the ending than Men, but I thought Men did such an incredible job. First off, like I said about seeing small movies in theaters and big movies on Netflix, mm-hmm. Men is gorgeous. Men has some of the best cinematography yeah. of the year also. It's a small film that if you watched in theaters, you would have just been enveloped yeah. by um, and just that, by the atmosphere. I And it's weird because I do not like Mother, but I did like when the movie got all Mother, Men. It's just... And I think that third that, act is just so weird. And it's so weird, but I think also like the first two-thirds of the movie, I would say such an important mo- first two-thirds of a movie for men to watch. Yeah. Because it's literally the horror of men and the brilliance of men to me is it's just about how scary men are just 
being men. Yeah, just it being men. It does such a Not good, even being being creepy necessarily. Just, but just like what it's like, what it feels like to, to be, be a, a woman. Yeah. That's like 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 what like especially it, a woman in a room full of men. A woman the only who's woman. who's by herself. Yeah, around men, you just feel the palpable tension of every yeah. moment. So men, men was my number ten. Okay, your number nine. My number nine. I'm gonna keep going back on my phone. Oh, this is a weird one. Terrifier two. I fucking Terrifier adored two. Terrifier two. What's Terrifier? I don't even know what it is. Really, it's a slasher movie. So the first one's like kind of a cult classic, flawed but really fun movie. This one came out really small budget, like less than a million dollars, and made a shitload of money. It's like this cult slasher movie, and it is just insane. Well, man, you've added you've added three movies to my list. Yeah, uh, Terrifier Two is not for everyone. Like it's if you like crazy slasher movies, you'll enjoy it. Not it's for, like one of the most fun movies I've seen. Not this year. for everyone. Movies are my favorite. Yeah, types it of is movies. just it is insane. Number three, we don't have to talk about it more, yeah. but, uh, or sorry, number nine, I have Tar. Yeah. Tar is my number nine. Um, uh, it was a tough decision between a bunch of things, but I think uh, I just got to give it to it. All right. My number eight is The Whale. The Whale. I okay. love The whale, whale. whale was number eight. Yeah. I have The Whale on my list, but uh, actually coming in at number seven. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about The Whale right now. So I'm letting you know in two, in two, two is The Whale. Yeah. Um, for a minute, the whale was number one on my list. Yeah, it's, uh, I found it. I, what I find so interesting is, is you see so many reviews saying it's this film about fat shaming and 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 it's like relentlessly depressing. And I found it personally to be a film about the many different forms of love. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's, it's about it's about like. It's about like a guy who hates himself but loves everybody. Yeah. Um, about making mistakes, about the type of love a parent has for their for their child, the type of love a child has for their parent. Yeah, the, the type, type of love of, you have for a friend. The type for... of love you have for a friend, the type of love that someone you once loved but no longer does yeah. still exists between you. I mean, the the reason he lets himself deteriorate so much was because of the amount of love he had for his partner. Yeah. It's just it's just it's literally just a film about the many different form loving food. Mm-hmm. I really related to that part yeah. of the movie, maybe the most of all. That movie stuck <laughs> with me for days. It stuck with me like, too. Like I thought about it for like 4 or 5 days. And it's very much like it it's, is relentlessly it's, depressing. It's rel- but I don't even th- I didn't even really feel that. I and I and I also found it like I know it's a weird thing to say. I don't the word weird word to use entertaining, but I was never bored. Oh, I was never bored. Aronofsky yeah. really cares. And it does very much feel like a filmed play, and a lot of the performances yeah. are even sort of stilted in a play like way. Yeah. Love for God, mm-hmm. um, love like religious love towards regular people. Yeah. And, and all of its kind of flaws and everything. I thought it was a brilliant, beautiful yeah, movie. I loved it, it. It could have been, it was momentarily at the top of my list, but uh, as time goes by, certain things stick with me in certain ways more yeah so my number eight is um actually avatar the way of water or is mm-hmm. i alternate title for it the whale <laughs> you had that in your pocket I for days for days but, but um, I, tweeted I, I liked uh, i liked avatar did the not way do of water. as well as it should have <laughs> um i just think you know go what? retweet that you know <laughs> what even though it's number eight on my list i hope it makes all my i hope james cameron 
tops Avatar one with how much oh, money. Oh, I fucking love I just, James Cameron. I love James. I love what a fucking every, maniac. He every is. story I read about him being an asshole or a maniac makes me love him more. Like when, like I saw a headline, like you know, an executive told him to make Avatar two shorter, and he told the executive to get the fuck out of his office. No, I think it was Avatar one. Oh, Avatar. I'm like, yeah. this is the most baller thing of it. How can you not love this man? You can't doubt him. And he's yeah. all, and again, he's already made the most money of any movie this year. Yeah. And I think people were expecting it to bomb. Oh, I they totally were. And and he just he just he gives you You can't bet against James Cameron. James Cameron is the filmmaker making big budget action movies that are the ones where I'm like, go see that in years. Yeah. James Cameron's gonna give you a theatrical experience like nobody else. And while Avatar is a series and a franchise now, it it, it bends the mold of what I feel like it's not Marvel. It it Marvel is a bunch of people in a room like going through the formula of what makes yes, money. Exactly. James Cameron comes out and makes a movie from his heart. Flawed or not, it comes from James Cameron has a story he's determined to tell, and nobody shoots fucking action scenes like oh, yeah, James I com- Cameron. I completely agree with all that. Avatar 2 is a weird hybrid of the Abyss meets Aliens meets uh, Titanic yeah. meets Avatar 1 with a little bit of Terminator 2 in there as well. It's like it's like the movie that just it, James Cameron's been waiting to make his whole yeah. life. It's not. It's probably not as good as a lot of those, but it was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, a little over. I, I liked it. Yeah, and uh, and a lot of people also are irritated by the designs of the aliens. But another thing I like about it is like aliens to me in every movie always look the same as some sort of weird, big-headed, slimy thing or like skinny, slimy thing. Yeah, the aliens in Avatar, the 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 in Pandora, the Navi, like. We have no idea what aliens and other yeah. planets are actually like. They could be anything. And I like that James Am- James Cameron created an alien that isn't like this monstrosity. Mm-hmm. But uh, And I also think the movies capture an honesty. You know, people are like, oh, it's Pocahontas. It's like, yeah, what do you think is going to happen when, when – like there's nothing left to explore on Earth. What do you think is going to happen when, when we start getting to other planets that didn't yeah. get to us first? Just going to colonize them. The same shit that to, happens yeah. when we get to countries that didn't get to us first. Yeah. So Avatar, I big agree recommendation. with all that. All uh, right, you're number seven. My number seven is The Fablemans. Okay, see, you're just like one behind me. The Fablemans is my number yeah. six. I That whole movie, it's – I was either smiling the biggest smile or tearing up throughout the movie. It was like switching between those two. What what I loved about The Fablemans is, as a filmmaker, as a kid who made movies in high school and all this stuff, probably the thing about the movie that I found that was like the thing I was relating to in the film the least, even though I was relating to this a ton, was him making movies. I yeah. felt I felt there was a part of myself in every character in the film that like was speaking to something I was going through, and it was a real cathartic experience. Absolutely, yeah. Um, everyone from the father to the wife to to Seth Rogen to uh to the kid to Judd Hirsch's cameo scene. Yeah. To his relationship with the religious Christian girl. Mm-hmm. I had a part of that movie that just stuck with me on every yeah. on every level. Uh, and so. not to spoil it, but that last shot, so perfect. Oh, that and that, la- that last scene. Yeah. So great. So good. So great. Uh, okay, so that's my number six, so go to your number six. My number six is, oh, Glass Onion. Glass I, Onion. I really liked. My 
from here on out, we're going to have a lot of disagreements. But uh, uh, Maybe. Yeah. Um, but uh, Glass Onion, I just, I love the first Knives Out as well, but I just thought Glass Onion was so fun. I thought it was, it was a fun movie that was still really smart. See, I like for me, I like Glass Onion. I liked all the things about it that upset Ben Shapiro. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I was sh- surprised I liked Glass Onion as much as I did because I really didn't like Knives Out. I thought it was overhyped. I thought the yeah. Anadarmus puking thing was so stupid. Um, I liked the Blanc character. Oh, great. But I also didn't think, like, the filmmaking was that interesting in the first one. And I thought they really upped that in this one. Yeah. Um, So I did like it, but, you know, it followed into my pretty good. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. What's your... Uh, wait, no. Number six is Fableman's for you, right? Yeah. So, okay, moving on to number five. My number five you're going to disagree with is unbearable weight of massive talent. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just yeah. really, that movie's so rewatchable to me. One of, to me, one of my cre- criteria is what's a movie that I can just always put on even in the background. Do you know what I mean? Where like, there's nothing on TV. I don't know what to watch. I'll just put this on. And to me, unbearable weight is one of those, which sounds like a backhanded compliment, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, Look, I didn't like it. I would watch yeah. it again and be fine to see if it was on. It just didn't quite do it for yeah. me. It was aggressively enjoyable to me. Okay, so am I at number five now? Was that your number uh, five? You're at number five. Great, great. Finally, a different one. This movie rocks. It's the last movie I've watched a couple days ago, uh, Park Chan-wook's Decision to Leave. I've heard good things. I still haven't seen so, it. So it's not as good as my favorite Park Chan-wook movie and one of my all-time favorite movies, a movie that I consider a legitimate masterpiece, which is Old Boy. Mm. Um, but it's a great Hitchcockian thriller. He does some really cool things with the filmmaking. I always say in Korea, Park Chan-wook is the Scorsese to Bong Joon-ho's Spielberg. Yeah, <laughs> I That's, see that. Uh, you know, he's he's he goes he goes. I'm, I'm even like, though I, I don't Ho think I've seen to... any of his movies. I don't know why I agreed. Oh, but I well, assume you're right. Check check out Old Boy yeah. if you're gonna watch any of them. Old Boy is that's been on my list for a while. Just make it the next uh-huh. thing you watch. Old Boy is gonna, based on what you like. Old Boy is gonna be like your favorite. Yeah, movie. I feel like it's right um, up my alley. But Decision to Leave is awesome, and it stuck with me. It's lingered. Uh, on my mind it's classic kind of south korean cinema but like this beautiful fusion of like hitchcock and wong kar wai um yeah. highly recommend all right number four my number four uh is another one you're gonna disagree with but actually bros bros for the okay. same reasons unbearable way i just thought bros was the hardest i've laughed at a movie this year just laughs per minute laughing out loud I just thought it was so fucking funny. Did you think the funny. first half was funnier than the second half, or do you think it gets funnier at the second half? Uh, or just stays to me, consistent? it's just, I think it stays consistent. If you didn't find the first half funny, you probably won't find the second half funny. But for me, it just... I didn't find the first it, half not funny. Yeah. But I will say a couple of things that could have helped bros. Mm. No offense. Love Billy on the street. Yeah. I don't think Billy Eichner has leading man charisma. Yeah. He... He's kind of annoying. Yeah, to me, that's, and I completely agree. To me, uh, that's part of what makes him funny to me. Sure, sure. Mm. He has supporting character charisma. Yeah. Um, you can have that guy being being on the sidelines. But it's just like, you know, I think that when you're making a big budget comedy that you want people to see, mm. most people want to see somebody 
relatable unless like the driving force of it is that they're annoying. Yeah, but the driving, I can see that. But the driving force of this is it's supposed to be a rom com, mm. and if you're watching a rom com, you either have to like want the person to get what they want or or want to see the character arc in a way that's getting in their own way. Yeah. And I just don't know. I think Billy Eichner kind of went into it like you have to decide to like this character. Uh-huh. And I don't know. Well, you'll see. He has dis- a bit of an arc where it is he becomes significantly more unlikable through the second half and then redeems himself if that may there is an arc where it's like this guy learning the error of his ways and but being I but i see what you mean i wasn't disliking it. it's just yeah. once i finished jerking off i turned <laughs> <the video>. uh, <laughs> <Post not> clarity. <laughs> all right so my number four and another movie that at one point i had at my number one uh barbarian yes i love barbarian barbarian yeah. fucking rocks if it i is... was to give an award for best screenplay this year best original screenplay it would go to barbarian uh it's perfect yeah. honestly it's like so the jarring transition into the second act because it's the type of movie go in blind go in blind i went in not having any expectations because this was before the hype and i was just like yeah this looks good and was blown away but the jarring transition into Justin Long being introduced into the story is just so well done. And it's a movie, it's, it's to me, and I actually met the producer, we had a long conversation, mm-hmm. and he took umbrage with me referring to it as a horror comedy. But I think oh, it's, yeah. I think it is the, it achieves something that I haven't seen achieved since American Werewolf in London, mm-hmm. which is there are scenes in Barbarian that are simultaneously hilarious and terrifying. Yeah, it's absolutely a hard comedy. It's not like it's not like joke punchline, but it's no. a hilarious it, movie. Like, like, like I would say that a movie like Cabin in the Woods is more of a Oh, like more like switching between comedy and horror. Oh, Barbarian is both I thought both Barbarian did just this magical job. Barbarian's a movie. It's my number four. It's a movie that in years from now could I could potentially look back on oh, as yeah. my number one of the year. And maybe it has the most masterpiece potential for me I, because yeah. it does sort of define its genre of horror comedy for oh, me. I gen- and it is perfect. I genuinely think, say, 10 years from now, Barbarian is going to be seen as one of the essential horror movies of the 2020s. Okay, so then go into your number three. My number three is Babylon, Babylon, which I saw like a week ago, so maybe it's recentism. But I just, I know it's polarizing. A lot of people hate it. I fucking love Babylon. Nice, interesting. I really liked it. Yeah, there, there's, we'll get, we'll, we'll, Continue that. Uh-huh. Uh, my number three, my number three movie of the year also happens to be my favorite movie of all time. I know that's weird huh. to say. It's both my number three on this list and the best movie of all time. Top Gun Maverick. Yes. Top Gun, Tom Cruise saves movies. Yeah, to- Tom Cruise, yeah. to me, and here, here's my argument. Sure, you know, you can say Brendan Fraser for best actor. Mm-hmm. You could say Colin Farrell for best actor. And maybe from the standpoint of like pure thespianism, yeah. uh, they're better. Tom Cruise should win best actor for Top Gun. Yes. Because Tom Cruise 
has achieved something as an actor that there is nobody else on the planet that can achieve, which is putting a movie on their back. Tom Cruise is the auteur of every Tom Cruise movie. Tom Cruise makes, he he puts you in there. What Top Gun does that no Marvel movie does, that no DC movie does, no film where they're just destroying entire cities and Mm. throwing tanks at superhumans who then get up unscathed is you feel them inside the yeah. you feel them inside the plane. you don't feel like they're definitely going to win you feel the danger you at feel least the danger. In my you opinion, feel the danger zone and i saw it three times and i felt it every time tom cruise is the quintessential movie star he is and he should in my opinion he should win best actor yeah for being- i just yeah and i i had no interest in seeing top gun maverick i hadn't even seen the first one yet but just when when it came out all the hype i i saw it i was like oh i guess and i was immediately like that was a fucking masterpiece fucking masterpiece yeah uh so number three on my list number one all time who knows maybe top gun maverick becomes my number one looking back it definitely hung out in the number one spot for a long time oh yeah for me but tom cruise you are the movie star you make movies and tom cruise also did something brilliant he just uh got chris mcquarrie to at least once over every screenplay oh yeah yeah and again tom cruise being like the movie star that does it the guy who directed top gun maverick directed three other movies that i don't think are good Mm -hmm. but he makes a movie with tom cruise it's the best fucking movie ever yeah he is the auteur of his film a hundred percent all right number two number two for me is barbarian barbarian okay discussed yeah uh so i'm assuming top gun's your number one top gun is my number one (laughs) yeah Yeah. which is not if you asked me at the beginning of the year like what movie coming out do you think will be your favorite? I would have never guessed Top Gun Maverick. I had no interest, did not give a shit, never saw the first one until I saw the sequel. But And yeah, I was just blown away. Now, I watched this movie a while ago, and I highly doubt this will remain as my second. It's mm-hmm. definitely not my second favorite movie of the year, mm-hmm. but what I consider the second or maybe even best movie of the year Uh I think it's a masterpiece. I think this movie is the first war film I've seen in a long time to truly have any resonance. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is all quiet on the Western front. I It's that good? I think... I still haven't seen to it. To me, and maybe this is just the nature of what happened in the world at the time that this film came out. Like, to me, All Quiet on the Western Front is you're taking this classic novel, you're adapting, you're taking some liberties. But it's a movie that just, like... This is what's happening in Ukraine right now. Mm. Here is a tyrant starting a pointless war that he refuses to concede because of his ego. And just these poor soldiers as pawns of this tyrant just giving their lives for no reason. And it's just like, it's one of the, like, there's like, I'd say it's like there's uh um fuck i'm blanking on that come and see and all quiet on the western front are like the two movies come and see is like an old russian movie Mm. that like truly captured like the true horrors and pointlessness of war yeah like in a way that's like there's great battle sequences there's amazing cinematography pretty much everything about it was flawless but it's one of the most poignant and and 
purposeful films right now. Mm-hmm. And I put it at number two because I think it just should be a highly recommended required Is it watch. on anything right now? Like Netflix? Netflix. Netflix. Okay, I got to check it out. Yeah, check it out. It's it's foreign film. So yeah. you'll have to read. No being on your phone. Ah, uh, fuck. That's what took me time <laughs> is I couldn't be on my phone. But uh, I loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, okay, so yeah, you yeah. said Top Gun's your yeah, number one. what's your number one? And my number one, maybe it's recency bias at all, but I, I, I just enjoyed the fucking shit. It's funny, because I think there are more perfect movies than this, but yeah. Babylon was my favorite. Yes, dude, it's, it's the best. And it's funny, because I hate La La Land. I remember I, you telling me that, I, and you said you're lukewarm on Whiplash, right? I think Whiplash is good, but I just think people overhype it. Mm. I think it's good. Yeah. I liked Whiplash, but I didn't think it was like... It's not a movie that's like stuck with me over time for a long time. And La La Land, my, my way that I trash La La Land is always... It's a film about struggling to make it in Hollywood, starring a guy who broke into Hollywood at seven in the Mickey Mouse Club, <laughs> a girl who broke into Hollywood in the high school comedy Superbad, <laughs> and a director whose college short film was turned into an Academy Award-nominated <laughs> feature. You couldn't find, me, not the people you to couldn't tell the find story. me three people on earth who know less about what it's like to struggle (laughs) to make it in Hollywood. And then my even bigger gripe with it, fine, you know, anyone can tell whatever story they want. My bigger gripe with the movie is we live in Hollywood. We live in America. We live in a country and a world with so many of the most talented singers and dancers in the universe mm. who've dedicated their entire lives to the craft of singing and dancing. And he makes a movie musical and he thinks, you know, it'd be better than using the most talented people in the world. What if we use people that are bad at both of those <laughs> things? What if we, what if we bring back the musical and, 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 with no with without giving any kudos to the people who were what made musicals great to begin <laughs> with let's just make a shitty musical let's have awful to listen to songs not even because they're poorly written just because it's like i don't want to listen to ryan goes, blah, 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 yeah. blah. uh <laughs> like like Get fucking or, or dub it with great singers. Uh-huh. Like like fucking train your ass off at dancing so you look fucking good if yeah. you're gonna do it. I don't want this half-assed. I get what he's trying to do, but I don't like it. Yeah, I, and it's I, funny. I, I say that loving it when Woody Allen did it, and yeah. everyone says I love yeah. you. But but it did not did not work for me in La La Land. But Babylon mm. first two hours perfect. First two hours are literally Wolf of Wall Street. Meets once upon yeah. a time in Hollywood. Meets Boogie Nights. In well, my the third hour uh-huh. is a straight up Boogie Nights ripoff. Yeah, which to me had good and bad. I thought Brad Pitt's storyline ended three times over. Uh-huh. I think it was a little unnecessary maudlin at the end. Yeah, unnecessarily maudlin. I think it could have ended with Gene Smart's speech to him, mm-hmm. and that would have been real poignant. And you didn't need to go further. But I. I understand. I like. I understood all the impulses he felt. Oh yeah. But I think you could have cut a half hour out of the last hour. Mm. Uh, you definitely could have cut that just pretentious as fuck, poorly executed montage of movies. I did not like very, that montage at the very end. It nobody, would have been perfect if he just sat down for the movie and like teared up. Nobody it, yet. Yeah. Nobody did. Or or even if he ended on that Wolf of Wall Street Scorsese shot of all the people sitting there yeah. watching the movie, which is where I thought it was going to end. And Me was like, too. All right, you're ripping off Wolf of Wall Street, but fine. That That's cool. I get the, yeah. I get the point if you're going to rip someone off, rip off Scorsese. But just unearned and overly pretentious 
contentious ending. It's funny how I'm spending most of the time talking about my favorite about it. <laughs> movie of the year, criticizing it, but that's because the good in it was just so good in my favorite way. Yeah, and it's the thing I like about it, or one of the many things I like about it, is it it feels like Damien Chazelle, like we said, giving in to every possible impulse where he just does not give a fuck. Like it's a, it's just an unhinged movie, and, I, and it's. It's three hours, and it feels three hours. It feels as long as it is, but there's no slow spots. You're never bored. I don't You're even know never if I bored. felt like it. Yeah. I wasn't looking at my phone at all. Oh, I was no, looking at my phone in yeah. many other movies. Yeah. Um, just pure and, and And just the sequencing, the opening party sequence mm. to the making a movie in like the early days of the silent era sequence to the talking pictures sequence to the party with the snake scene, oh, even though the snake scene could have been cut. Yeah. Um, all of that had such a perfection to it where yeah. I was just like, it's so chaotic, but it, but, but it's so con- such controlled chaos. Yeah. Each of those sequences are like 30 minute long sequences with a beginning, a middle and an end that felt like a whole short film, epically told, awesomely executed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, for now, Babylon was my favorite movie of the year. Yeah, it's um, fantastic. All of this will probably change in the future. As I said, for me, you it know, changes like every day. Six through seventeen are interchangeable on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that. That's it. Anything? Uh, anything you want to promote? I mean, I know you got your special coming out tomorrow or mm-hmm. last Friday. Um, yeah, <laughs> last check it Thursday. out. Drew Landry, all my friends are dead on YouTube. All my friends, check out mine. All my enemies will be dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all my enemies Sequel. will die. Um, and then uh, one day, and then uh, also Drew has one of my favorite Twitters. He's 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 got a great, <laughs> yeah. great, At, uh, great Mr. Drew Landry, great great writer on Twitter. See Drew around town. He's got a show at the Hollywood Improv called yeah, Salty AF. I don't know why. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming on the show, Drew. Uh, this has been the Jew Rogaine experience, and um, yeah, I'll see you whenever I release another episode. Yeah, thanks for having me.